0: Welcome to Mom Reel, the podcast about real encouragement, real stories, and real about motherhood. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Mom Reel. And, you know, we're in the month of love. We're in the month of February. And as I was just thinking and really praying about what types of different episodes I kind of wanted in this, I kind of want to take a different approach because I think a lot of times, during this whole love season, we think about, you know, maybe our spouse or we think about our kids or we think about things. And my heart um, was just really drawn to the women that are in waiting right now. Um, And so I have a friend named Casey and she is here with us today. Casey Wallace. I almost said Casey Turner, Casey Wallace. (laughs) And she is with us today and is just going to be talking with us about Um, this topic, hope in the waiting and what that really looks like for all you mamas who either have a baby with you and are waiting on another or don't have a baby in your arms just yet and might have had one in your womb before or um, just kind of covering all of those things. So whether no matter what your waiting season looks like, um, I am so excited to introduce you to Casey and let you hear her story. So Casey, I'm going to let you kind of open it up and tell a little bit about yourself before we just dive in.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Casey, and I think it's funny how I actually grew up. Um, I knew your mom first because she was my kindergarten teacher, which is wild to say. She used to call me Casey Lou Barberoni. Actually, still does. <laughs> I, I was gonna say. I think at Liam's birthday party, I'm pretty sure that's what she called me then. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And now our sweet little um, babies get to grow up together, which is crazy. And I love it. it, it it's wild how it comes full circle. Um, so yeah, I'm Casey. I'm married my high school sweetheart. His name is Devin. We have been together, I think this year's 14 years, married oh for word. almost nine, which is wild because I, I feel like I just graduated high school um, still. And um, we have a t- almost two year old in May and in April. I'm so sorry. This is this is true. How we feel as moms, we don't even know when they're born anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> two year old in April, and her name is Turner, which is my maiden name. And then I have a five month old baby boy. His name is True. And so we're rocking that two under two club, which is wild to think. We live in a horse farm in the heart of Tennessee. We, um, my husband and I both work full-time outside of the home. So pretty much, I don't know what day it is, what time it is, 99% of the time, and we're just thriving. (laughs) Thriving and surviving. That's what I like to say. (laughs) Truly, truly. Um, But it's great. It's wonderful. And I, I appreciate you having me on today. Yes. I'm excited about it. And I like it. It's like I said, it was
0: so interesting. I was thinking about like, okay, what different topics could I, you know, talk about during February and of course the month of love and all the stuff. And my heart was just really pulled here. And I texted you, I think in like January and I was like, Hey, I'm really thinking about this. Like, what do you think? Cause I've just, for those of you, like she said, my mom was her kindergarten teacher. And so I have known about (laughs) for a while and then like as i moved back home my mom kind of reconnected us since we had um you know kids the same age and so um you've just brought such a message of hope to so many women and i I mean just not even just on social media just in general you bring a presence of hope with you that i think the lord has really gifted you with and so i'm Mm -hmm. excited to like have this podcast episode today and really talk through that so um I'm just going to let you kind of open up and share your story first and like sure. your specific story of like what God has done in your life to kind of have you be this beacon of hope, I guess you can say, and um, just kind of talk through that.
1: Sweet. Well, you're so sweet and so kind. Um, I I guess if we start back from when I first got married, my husband and I were both um, well in, into our careers. He was... Traveling and working a lot. And I um, had just opened one of my two businesses, and we were just children really weren't on the horizon for us at the time. I think when people first get married and they think about having kids just like anyone else, they're like, we'll eventually have kids. Or sometimes people are like, we're going to have kids right off the bat. But no one ever thinks that they're going to have problems having children unless they know family issues or different things of that nature that have caused miscarriage or loss or infertility in the past. And none of those things arose in either my side of the family or my husband's side of the family. So I just, I knew that when we were ready to have kids, we would do the thing and and try and have children. And I, um, I think that that resonates with a lot of people because, you know, you never think it's going to be you. So, shortened version January of 2020, after my husband and I had been together many years, 2020 was a wild year. So now looking back, I'm like, "Who? um, I can't believe that there's people that had children in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, after trying to conceive for a year and a half, we found out we were pregnant and that was January. So we were stoked before COVID was even a thing. And we were elated just like anyone else would be. It took us a while. Not, I know a lot of people it's taken eight, 10 years. So a blessing in disguise for sure. I was so stinking excited that it only took us a little over a year. And we go in for our first ultrasound and there's a heartbeat and we're so blessed. We're feeling great. And Long story short, a month later, we go in and there's no heartbeat. And I'm a very private person. I meant to actually talk about that at the beginning. Um, This is the first time for me to talk about my story publicly. I tell people about it in passing. I minister to a lot of women. I've told it on social media, but this is the first time for me to kind of open up about it. Um, I've been asked to do it different times, but I never really felt a pull, but you have a great following for women who are in the midst of this. And I love that. And I feel like the people that are listening to this need to hear this hope. And so, um, or they know someone who needs the hope. And so I, um, I, when I went through that, a lot of times, everyone processes those heartbreaks and that trauma differently I tend to seclude myself there was a lot of people that didn't even know I was pregnant since it was so early on you know a lot of people say don't tell anyone you're pregnant your first time because the risk of miscarriage is higher so I already had kept my pregnancy to myself and then I accept close relatives and so when I miscarried to me it made it a little bit Easier per se. I didn't have to go back around and tell all the people I had told, you know. um, But with that, because I hadn't told a lot of people, I felt as if I suffered in silence, um, which a lot of women do when they miscarry. It's hard. It's Heart is not even really a word to touch on it. There's so many different levels of how people, you know, and me having a miscarriage in first trimester is so different than people having miscarriage in second trimester or third trimester or stillborn or losing a one-year-old. I mean, every single person is different and every single person grieves differently. Mm-hmm. And so miraculously, um, three months later, after we process that, I, um, actually, we conceived again and we conceived twins this time. And I knew, wow, God, you are so good. You are so faithful. How on earth is it that we go from um, losing one to now we're blessed with two? What an incredible miracle. And we were beside ourselves. And honestly, it felt like we lost one, but now we got two. So now we're no making rainbow. up for the loss. Yes, exactly. We're back at, you know, it just felt, it felt meant to be and, um, went back for my ultrasounds multiple times, um, went more often because it was obvious that there could be an issue and everything was great until we got back to that end of first trimester and we had lost both babies again. Mm-hmm. And, um, at that point, I, especially when you're younger, you don't really, Unless you've been through a lot of trauma, you, it's hard to explain, but to me, I hadn't dealt with a lot of heartache in my life at that age. Um, my grandpa had passed away, but that was really the hardest thing I'd ever dealt with. So, up until this point, it's like I had been maybe sheltered in a sense. I had been blessed to not have a lot of trauma or heartache in my life. So, going through this, I was very confused. I'm a daughter of a pastor. Um, who believes in complete healing. So I immediately was like, that's where I've got to spend my time diving into the word and diving into what God can do for me. I had not had trauma leading up to the loss of my, having my miscarriages. Um, And I was blessed in that sense. So going through something like this was probably one of the hardest things I'd ever dealt with. And Unfortunately, I think because of that, it hit me in a a way that it was really hard for me to recoup. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. I was confused. I was mad at God, mad at myself, became mad at my husband. I lashed out um, at them because I was aggravated. How on earth could this happen to me? Uh, With zero answers. And so... After lots of prayer, I decided that we were going to take a year off trying to have children Um, because thinking about going through that again and the cycle and what it does to your body and, you know, how long it takes you to get back in a rhythm again, just simply with your cycle and your health, um, that alone is, you know, exhausting. So we took a year off and we decided that I was just going to spend this time getting healthy and figuring out maybe what's going on with my body and also mentally trying to recoup. Because if I'm being completely honest with this private as I was and how I felt like I suffered in silence in the sense that I didn't tell people about this until after I had my first child, actually, did people truly know my story? Mm-hmm. Um, I had not had my faith shaken in this way. And I was confused as to, I felt immature in my faith. I felt, why am I suffering? And why can I not get over this? Why can I not move forward? Um, and I do believe had I chosen to wrap my self um, or have people wrapped around me other than, you know, of course my parents, wonderful, love them. And they were super helpful. My husband, but you know how it is. The people that you're closest to are the ones you tend to be the harshest with. Mm -hmm. And I needed to wrap myself with godly women that I, I didn't even open that opportunity yet. Um, people who had been through what I'd been through, um, who'd seen the other side, you know, oftentimes we can't, fathom what that hope looks like if someone else hasn't made it to the other side. And all I had seen was social media maybe and and heard stories, but I needed real tangible someone who had um, been through it and made it. And so after lots of testing and advocating for myself and getting myself healthy again, I'm so grateful that we were able to find out that I do have um, a form of lupus that causes me to um, have certain blood clotting disorders. And because of that, I was able to get the medical help that I needed. My doctor was wonderful. And now we have two wonderful, precious children. And- One of I- whom you hid the pregnancy. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, when I say I'm private, I mean, it's an unhealthy level, I think at this point. <laughs> so yes, um, we're walking into
0: Mother's Day out, and <laughs> my mom sees you and true for the first time, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't know you were pregnant!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my word,
1: yes." So <laughs> yeah, that was a funny story, just in the sense that I, so I'm 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 a thick girl, I'm a bigger girl, so I can hide things because I wear flowy clothes no matter what. Um, I told a very small amount of people as in like four friends and then my parents, which I didn't even tell my parents until I was past my first trimester because me and my husband were still in shock. Now, Mm -hmm. mind you having our first child, um, a truly a, a healthy pregnancy, we were in shock from that. So then to then get pregnant after she was born, you know, eight months later, we were like in shock we cried. Thank you, Jesus, but also cried because we were terrified because we were like, what is happening? <laughs> God, you were so good, but oh my heavens. And so, um, then I was terrified to tell my parents, cause I knew they would be like, what are y'all doing? You're crazy. <laughs> um,
0: but they hey, we're, we're keeping I'm our, like, health, our marriage healthy. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yes. We, <laughs>
1: we, were, we were, um, they were so excited, but we all were in shock. Of course we, I just, so grateful, so shocked, all the emotions. So with Turner, we waited until I was six months pregnant to tell people. So I planned on doing the same thing with true and publicly on social media. Well, my six month pregnancy photos ended up actually getting canceled. And so then I just was busy, honestly, with work and then all of a sudden actually my due date got pushed way up like a month and a half early because of my um, medical situation so then it was like I was two weeks out from having uh, my c-section and I was like well what do I do just tell people hey I'm having a baby tomorrow so instead I just posted it on social media and um, people were flabbergasted and but then of course there were those people who were like you were getting big. We were concerned. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Thanks, girl. I appreciate the honesty. And you were right. I was getting bigger and it was because of a baby. Um <laughs> but yes, so um crazy crazy. But through all of that, I have had so many people come to me wanting help with what to do when they're in the waiting. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? And I, as much as I love being a mom and it's crazy that I'm a mom, I love helping other women in the season of the waiting. Um, it has been something of like a new calling, a new passion of mine. I am obsessed with it. I love seeing when broken women coming to me, I love helping build them up giving them that hope, whatever season that looks like that they're in. And then I love that they're getting pregnant and I love that they're adopting. I love that we're helping them fill um, that with not only a child, but also the love of Jesus and Mm -hmm. filling up that their love bank. I mean, it's just, I am so, I'm obsessed with it right now. And I have been from the moment I told my story, even as private as I am, Women started coming out of the woodworks of being scared and nervous, and I haven't told anyone. And I was like, I don't want another person to go through what I went through, suffering and silence. And so I love that you asked me to us talk about hope in the waiting, because I feel like there's there's two portions to that. Um, and you know, we've kind of chatted about that, how we have so many friends who are in the waiting themselves. And then we have so many friends who have had children, but they want to know how to help their friends in the waiting. way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Well, I'm what's
0: like something practical? Like you said, there's like those two sides, like going from when you were in, in that season of waiting, what's something practically that, you know, helped you in that season? Maybe it was before you had Turner, or maybe it was between Turner and true. Like what, what is something that practically helped you in there? Maybe for fellow mamas who were also in that waiting season that they can kind of grasp onto as well.
1: Okay. So something practical that I think I learned and tell people that I am, I say working with, but are encouraging in this season right now is that you have got to feel the emotions that you're feeling Mm -hmm. and you have to know that they are valid and that you do not need to feel guilty for the way that you're feeling. Every single situation is different. Every mama, soon to be mama, was a mama, all those different layers, they're all different. And you cannot compare your situation to anyone else's. And your feelings are valid. If your baby was two weeks old, if it, was you know full term whatever that may look like it is important that you understand if you went through a miscarriage and or if you were in the waiting hoping to be a mom it's okay to feel what you're feeling but you have got to feel those feelings and then you have to pick yourself up and then you have to move forward and I think that that is where a lot of people Lie in that they get stuck in feeling those feelings, and we all are there. I mean, you know, some days it's like, honey, I just want to feel. I don't need your opinion to our sweet little husbands. We're like, I don't need your opinion. I don't need you to lift me up. I just want to feel what I'm feeling today. Mm -hmm. But we can't stay in that season because God has so much more for us. And if I had stayed in those seasons, I wouldn't have my babies now, and I wouldn't be helping women now. So I think that we have to realize that in those moments, it is valid. Yes, we are going through that. But then we have to pick ourselves up and say, okay, what action plan am I going to do to get out of this? What does that look like? And practically for me, and I I think that's why I made it through where I made it through. And it wasn't because I came up with that on my own. It was because my mom came to me, my husband came to me and they were like, listen, we're going to get through this. What does this look like? And I think if I had known in my head this isn't forever, this is just a season, I can make it through, then it would have looked different. Um and and quicker for me. And I know that there's a lot of women right now who were they're just stuck in that valley, but there is so much to learn while we're in there. Like we've got to make it out. And and my biggest thing is that if he can do it for me, he can do it for any person listening to this he is no respecter of someone he, he loves every single one of us God loves us so so well that he sees my situation and is like yeah I can do it for any other girl I can do it for anybody who wants to be in those shoes who wants to be a mom he's gonna do it but people like me have to tell their story so we can give other people hope that they know like okay it can't be done she was in the valley but she made it out Um, So practically, I think it's just realizing that this moment in time that you're going through its for a season, it's valid, it's real, but to get where you want to, you've got to pick yourself up. We've got to start moving in that direction. It's not going to be easy and you're going to fall and it's going to really suck some days. Um, But that's why you create that army, those healthy people, those relationships around you to help you get going.
0: That's so good. It makes me think of, I don't, and I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast or not. I know I have on my friend Ashley's podcast, but I like to say like, feel it all. Don't agree with it all. Yeah. It's like feel all the feelings, but sometimes our feelings lie to us. You know, in certain things. And so like you don't have to agree with all or believe it all or stay in that place. Like you can feel it and it's healthy to feel feelings. It's healthy to, to, you know, go through those and, um, bring those to the Lord or bring them to the Lord and a trusted counselor or, you know, family members or whatever. But I think it's not staying there in agreement or in belief of, and partnering with those feelings. It's then recognizing them and saying, okay, I'm honoring what I'm feeling because the Lord gave us our feelings. Right. But then it's saying, okay, what am I going to do next? How am I going to get to this next point? Um and I love y'all. I know this isn't a video podcast, but as she was saying that, I was like, "Yes!" I was like shaking <laughs> my head and like, you know, waving my hands. It was so good. <laughs> um, but I I love that. So kind of transitioning a little bit, Casey, to like the yes. flip side of that because yes. I personally have never experienced loss, like. Right. Um, Like personally, from a a miscarriage or anything like that. Um, And actually, in my episode with um, Emily that I did, when we talked about, you know, um, loss and miscarriage and all of that stuff, it really opened my heart and mind even more to what women go through when they go through that. And so, what is something that kind of helped you? on the waiting side of it. So like Emily talked about, you know, the miscarriage side, but from your side and like having hope in that waiting season, how is, how can a friend come along somebody in their, waiting season and have hope, you know, because like you said, it's, it's like, you want them to get out of that, but at the same time, you know, you want them to feel all those things. So how can, you know, a fellow mama, a a mother, a spouse, even if I have men listening to this, uh, you know, Mm -hmm.
1: how can they come alongside uh, in that season of waiting? So I think as we all know, we are really bad about, I'm a fixer. So when something is broken, us, we want to fix, Girls want to fix the broken. Um, We want to pick up your pieces. We want to know what's going to make it right. And we want it to be rather quick because we want happiness again. And I have found that some of the things while I was in the waiting, and then I'll also speak to after I've had children and helping other women in the waiting, people making comments such as, well, I had a miscarriage too, and but I had kids eventually. So you're going to be just fine there there's no situation that is the same comparing your situation to someone else's it it's coming from a place of you can make it but the receiving side of that is kind of like you're shrugging it off and that we are the same and we aren't every situation as i've said over and over again it's so different and i think it's the way that we word things i think it's saying Sometimes it's not saying anything at all, Grace and sometimes it's just being like, I love you, girl. I'm praying for you. I don't know what that looks like for you today, but I just want you to know when I was in my prayer time today, I was thinking about you. Mm -hmm. And if you need me, I'm here for you. But then it's not not talking to them for two months. Then it's checking back in in a couple of days and being like, hey, I've been you $5 um, to Starbucks. You're going to go pick you up your favorite drink today and you're going to start it off well. You're going to give a little tough love. You're going to love on them. You're going to tell them that they're going to make it. But it's never going to be the same with any of your friends. And right now I'm actually encouraging a few women. And I think that it's important And actually, Emily mentioned it on um, the podcast that you had with her. And it was her discussing about how you have have to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes being the friend in the waiting is being like, what can I do to where you feel advocated for? Mm -hmm. So what do you need encouragement for? Do you want me to go to the doctor with you the next time you go? Do you want me to um, help you come up with a list of questions. That's one of the biggest things that my friends have going on right now. It's so intimidating to go back to the doctor and be like, I've had a miscarriage or I'm, I'm confused. I have one friend right now that she has not been able to conceive. She's done lots of infertility. And every time she goes to the doctor, you know, they talk in big terms and it's really hard for her. And I'm like, let's jot down a list and we're going to write it down. And you're going to go in with this piece of paper and you're going to get your answers. I think that sometimes it's just coming up with practical things about what do you need? Not being like, if you need anything, let me know because she's never going to let you know. Mm -hmm. She's never going to let you know because if you're close and you're a true friend, you're going to know what she needs. Someday she's going to need a coffee. Someday she's going to need tough love. But I think it's just truly, showing up to her front door and being like, hey, I'm dropping off crumble today because I was craving it. So I knew you'd be craving it. You know, I think that it just is actually doing it, just showing up. Because she's not gonna deny crumble. I mean, hello, who's gonna deny crumble? Not me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and my thighs tell that story too. Oh my right? gosh. <laughs> Mine too. Um and so I think it's just It's the practical things that are more than just a text. That's Mm -hmm. more than just a heart on their Instagram photo. You know, it's just, it's just being there. And sometimes it's being, it's me seeing a girl, uh, a friend at church that I know she's dealing with infertility issues. And I meet eyes with her across the sanctuary. So after church, I walk up to her and I'm like, I just want to hug you. I just want to hug you because I know what you're going through. And I know you don't need to hear it from me right now but I just want you to know you're going to see it on the other side We're you're going to make it. You're going to hold that baby. And we're going to look back at this and be like, wow, I'm going to use this story to break other people's chains. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing right now. And I know that the Lord is going to use my story to break other women's chains. And he's continuing to do that. So the hurt you're experiencing right now is going to be used for so much bigger than what you could ever think or imagine. And I think that that's what our friends need; they need that encouragement that not th- I'm just praying for you. It's just they need to know that like they did it for Casey Wallace. You remember her? She posted on Instagram. She couldn't get pregnant. She had she lost babies, and then she made it through. If he did it for her, he's gonna do it for you. You know, he did. He I didn't have. Maybe you didn't have issues with having. Like you said, you didn't have issues with having Liam obviously you were very sick when you had Leah. Yes. And I was, and he was also right a very big surprise. So there's yeah. that. But when it comes to conceiving you, you know, so it's hard for you, you know? And I think, I think coming from where you're at too, there's so many women who are like, well, because I haven't gone through that, I can't relate. And that's unfair to you because you can offer assistance. You can offer that hope and that love to them that they need. And it's coming from a place of, reminding them what the Lord has done in other people's lives. Mm. Um, and obviously you made it through your pregnancy with Liam and Lord knows we didn't know if that was gonna happen. So, so true. <laughs> um, because there's gonna be so many women that went through what you went through and you are a miracle too. So I think it's just reminding reminding them. And then a second part of that is reminding the Lord. I was telling a girlfriend today, I'm reminding the Lord that you've been faithful to him. You've been faithful to him. You call on him and we're going to continue to remind him how faithful you've been to him. And he's going to come through for you because that's the kind of God he is. So I think it's just doing those things that really help keep that hope alive. Some days are better than others, but without a shadow of a doubt, knowing what God has done in my life, there's not one thing that I don't feel like I can conquer. If I want to do it, I know I can do it because the miracle he he did in my life is something that, I mean, only God, only God. And so that's why I'm just so adamant about sharing that because I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve the goodness of my God, you know, but he still gave it to me. So, you know, if he can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. And I, that's, that's the hope.
0: I love that. And as you were talking and doing all that too, I was just thinking, I, I, first of all, I got chills when you were talking about like, you know, breaking chains off of other people with your story and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, chains. I was mean, like, <laughs> chills, not chains. Lord have mercy. Chills. I got my chills. Heavens, <laughs> my heavens, Lord. Um, but I just, I think it's so powerful. And, you know, like coming from the other side, it's so interesting because like you said, and I don't even, I don't even think I realized it until you just said it, that like, it is tough to want to show up for somebody, but not have been where you've been. Cause I remember when I was pregnant with Liam, I had a friend who had went through a miscarriage and she said something and she, and I know it was out of her, but she had said, you know, you didn't even try with Liam and, and mm-hmm. she was right. She was right. He was an accident. Um, but I just remember feeling like, okay, well now I feel like I can't encourage her or be there for her because I didn't go through what she went through, you know? And so I think it's such a good thing to remind mamas that are listening to this, that even if you haven't been there, that like the Lord, you can still remind them of the Lord and you can still remind them of, you know, the Lord's place in their life whether that is him showing up in a way that does bring and open the womb or whether that's opening their arms to adopt a baby like the lord is faithful yeah. to mm-hmm. his word yeah. and um anyway i just love that you said that cuz i think that was just like a good reminder for me like i was sitting here and i was like wow okay i needed that reminder myself cuz even i feel like i don't know i mean i I'm crunchy. So I have a lot of things I think when it <laughs> comes to stuff. But there's been yes. more infertility and more loss than there has ever been in this in this pat in the past decade. It's crazy. Right. And yeah. so I have more friends now than ever who have, um, and I'm in that season of life where people are having babies around me, but yeah. um, that are, you know, either struggling to get pregnant or have lost or, you know, um are just in that season of waiting. And so um I appreciate your you saying that both to those who are currently in that from that side, and then also from the side of people who haven't been in that and what can you do too? Yeah. Um and I feel like to kind of, I, I always ask this question at the end of every episode, but I feel like you've already like said it, but that's okay. We're gonna go ahead and say it again. <laughs> but um if you could leave, leave the listeners leave the mamas with one piece of advice that you would share with them, what would it
1: be? Ooh, it's hard to pick just one, but I think it would be, it would be to cling to your husband. I think that that's what it would be. Um, he needs to be your rock. And I it was hard for me going through my losses and going through the waiting. And I would push him away. I would. It, I made life very difficult on him. He didn't deserve it. It was the hurt I was experiencing. So therefore I was, you know, causing him to deal with it as well. But when my view shifted and I was like, that is my man. He loves me. And when he, when I lost a baby, he did too you know, it wasn't just me. Um, It was him. And I think that we needed to connect and be more in sync together. And when we're in sync, and we're good together, then we can make it through anything. You've got enough on the outside going on with the world and how crazy it is. So that home has got to be rock solid, you and your husband have got to be rock solid. And I think that That is what I just told a girlfriend the other day. I was like, you go see your husband on that couch and you wrap your arms around him and you say, I'm your girl and I'm going to be your girl and we're going to make it through it no matter what. And I think that on the toughest days, you will be able to make it as long as you guys are together, as long as you can make it through. And so I would just say, cling to your man because he is not your everything. The Lord is our everything. Everything but the Lord has given him to you so that you all can walk through this together. You're not supposed to do it alone. And with that, y'all can, y'all can conquer anything. You can conquer a lot on your own, but you can conquer anything with that healthy marriage that the Lord has given you and that he's ordained in your life. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, be obsessed with your man, be obsessed with that love that you all have, because that love is what's going to get you through until you hold your baby. So yes.
0: I love that. Well, Casey, thank you so much. I feel like this was such a good episode, even for my own heart. Like I said, I could keep going down that pathway. And like, even when you were talking about like the importance of coming alongside women, I'm like, that could be literally an entire podcast episode on its own. And I think I'm going to do that just about the importance of actually coming alongside women and what does that look like? It's not just, hey, a text, you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to do this for you. Or, you know, like recently I had a friend who just had a baby. And so I'm like, hey, I'm making this. Can I bring you some? Like, I'm not even asking, I'm just doing it. And I I feel like we've just lost some of that. So anyway, that could be a whole separate episode, but I just so (laughs) appreciate you being here and sharing your message of hope in the waiting. And again, like I- you know, I remember the posts that made me think to reach out to you when you were sharing on, like, if he did it for me, he could do it for you. And that's just what I keep going back to. And so, um, I just, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for just trusting us with your story and with your authenticity. Um, and I just really feel like the Lord is going to honor that. And so, um, yeah, I know I said I was going to like end the podcast episode with what you were saying and I gave you an outline for the episode and this was not on it, but do you mind just like
1: praying for us before we close out the episode yes. today? Yes. I love it. Um, Lord, we come to you right now and we are so blessed. We are so blessed that you would come to us and love on us in the way that you do father there are women listening to this right now and there are men listening to this right now who have a longing. They have a longing to have arms full, to hear those feet pattering on their hardwood floor, running down the hallway. God, they have a longing. Lord, please feel that. Please feel that. And in the meantime, God, I ask that you wrap your loving arms around them. Let them know that they don't have to do this alone. You never, ever, ever wanted them to do it alone. It may feel that way sometimes, but God, you are, you are too good. You are too good. And you always come right beside us, God. Let them know that this valley is just for a season and it's not going to last. It never does. You always bring us back to the mountaintop, God. Mm-hmm. And we're so grateful, Lord. Wrap your loving arms around my sweet friends that are listening to this, whatever they're in, whatever type of waiting, whether it be for children or a job or Whatever that may be, God, I ask that you come through for them. Come through for my friends, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are mighty. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Casey, thank you so much for being here.
0: Y'all, I'm like, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm wiping away tears right now. It's okay. <laughs> um, but thank you, Casey, for being here. And y'all, I will see you in the next episode. Remember to keep it mom real.
1: You're okay good. well I just don't want to sound like a ding dong I want to give people good hope but also be like okay well I could have read that in a quote on pinterest
0: yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so funny. should you have bloopers you should just I, I think uh, that would be funny to add at the end of this <laughs> Landry Mark I can hear that in here I'm on the audio <laughs> please leave
1: Um, but I'm trying to see how I can live this in without you having to like exit out all of my shoe shoe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want people to be like, this girl's cracking. No. <laughs> um, you can actually add all that in. You know what? Don't even edit it out. Let's don't just- even edit it. We're very mom mar- <laughs> This is episode is going to be crap. Are you going yeah. to throw the whole thing away? No. Yeah, just just like- do it to where you intro. And then I'm like, hey, um, you guys can do this. And then that's it. It's like literally <laughs> that 30 that. seconds.